this is Trey from Mouth for War, and you're listening to my chapter of As the Story Grows. Welcome to the next chapter of As the Story Grows. I'm Brian Patton. This week, we welcome Trey Roberts from Mouth of War to the podcast. Mouth of War just released their debut record, Life Casting Glass, on 1126 Records. It's an absolutely crushing hardcore album, and I recommend giving it a spin. Trey talks about his first attempt at being a hardcore frontman, Bruise, and the move to Colorado that broke that band up, and the tragedy that is at the heart of Life Casting Glass. So I hope you guys enjoy getting to know Trey Roberts from Mouth of War. doing i'm doing pretty well excited to be uh talking about the record and whatnot yeah yeah it's exciting um i only heard the one track but it's it's awesome and i listened to the ep so i'm i'm a fan thank you yeah uh so let's just start i you're currently in colorado but is that where you're from originally uh no actually about half of us moved here from indiana almost two years ago today yeah what uh so you grew up in Indiana? Yeah. We'll get to the transition later. <laughs> uh, uh, what was growing up like? In Indiana, um, it sucked. Uh, <laughs> it's not not a place for anyone to be, which is why I'm, I'm here now. I would rather later in life raise my children and finish my life out here, not in the cornfields anymore. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> what got you into music? A lot of different aspects. Um, I was kind of a shitty person as a kid <laughs> for sure um and uh in a town a little on the other side of indiana i met a few friends when i would stay with my grandma that would play music uh and they were in high school and whatever and i had never been able to find a group of people to play music with so um after getting in trouble nonstop in my hometown i finally convinced my mom like i will be so much better off here doing this thing with these people that i've met yeah. and yeah ever since then i uh probably about 12 or 13 years old when I joined that band with those guys. And that's been it from there. Oh, that's awesome. Were you already a fan of like hardcore underground or what was your like musical introduction from a fan standpoint? Um, as far as my musical introduction to heavy stuff, um, it would probably be a lot more of like the metalcore side of things okay. that is what we're kind of trying to bring back into our new album actually. Um, mostly from my older brother playing shit that i hated at first and <laughs> ended up being some of my favorite things that's awesome did you ever play an instrument or were you just always like drawn to the frontman aspect of um i actually write everything so okay. yeah i play a little bit of everything oh that's awesome that's awesome what was the i mean i'm just going to assume you're younger than me you look like you're younger than me so i, I assume at that point 
hard hardcore is more far reaching across the states but what was the scene like there in indiana um indiana does not really have a hardcore scene per se but um i can say that i've always been stoked that they had just a round music scene where a yeah. lot of different kinds of bands could come together like um our drummer and i's old band bruises from there we played kind of like a metallic hardcore sound but we would always play shows with emo bands and stuff just everything kind of lumps together there so that's cool what was that band you joined when you said you were 12. um the first band that i was in we were called now or never we uh mostly did like blink 182 covers and stuff to start off until we figured out how to write our own music <laughs> and work into that that's awesome there's like a theme of like younger bands the importance of blink 182 and all these blink 182 cover bands yeah i feel that's where so many people started for sure and i'll say that's top two favorite bands for me of all time so you were in now or never what was your transition through bands and into to bruise because you guys were on unbeaten records uh equal visions uh little sister label what was uh that evolution like um just kind of my evolution into to heavy music from yeah. playing pop punk and stuff um i actually that now or never band became happy hazard when we were later <laughs> uh, got a little older and we're playing all originals and we played at a church with some random band that i had never heard that was from a few towns over and they played some heavier stuff and i randomly started hanging out with them a lot and they started a metalcore band which i had never thought about playing in something like that i've always enjoyed like back then i listened to like asking alexandria and the devil wears prada and stuff so i was like heck yeah these guys are sick they're rocking out and then one day they just asked me to play bass and it just kind of moved from there i played in that band archives for a while until i met the drummer of mouth for war now and they played in a different band uh randomly they're about to go to the studio and he said can you sing for us dude our, our vocalist <laughs> is just like we had to kick him out and i'm like shit like yeah i guess i've never done like <laughs> i've yelled and stuff before like in the background of archives and stuff but never even considered taking full-on like frontman capabilities and i guess that was where it all started and that was in studio exactly yeah they woke me up because i was just an unhealthy piece of crap i said let me drink a mountain dew really quick and i'll run in the booth and they were like man who is this guy <laughs> oh man oh man what was that like for you that first time like was it a struggle was it tough or it was definitely a struggle at first when i like also never even being in a real studio at the time i i they were just like yeah just go run in that booth over there like we won't be able to see you or anything i was like oh weird and uh i know they all they all told me afterwards because i started at first and the guy stopped it and I, he, he was like that sounded really bad <laughs> and i was like oh oh shit! well give me a couple times and after just a few tries i just like knocked all the songs out but i definitely didn't know how to get my voice to project when i first walked in there so that's something you had to grow into it wasn't like natural like okay i oh, can yeah. do this <laughs> definitely how'd you guys get hooked up with unbeaten records Honestly, I think we were just putting out a, like a three song promo or something for Bruce at the time and um, who think no victory at the time, which is one of the only other bands from not our part of Indiana, but they're technically from Indiana. So I was just like, hey, this this guy knows what Indiana is. Nobody else does. So maybe I'll send him our music and maybe he'll reply. And me and Buddy actually became pretty decent friends and 
Um, the guy definitely taught me a lot of things that I didn't know coming into being on a real label and stuff like that. And it was, it was awesome working with that guy. I love that label. A lot of good bands, good dude. It seemed like you put that record out with them and then you guys kind of just broke up. <laughs> yeah, that wasn't planned at all. <laughs> uh, at the time, I was definitely very sad about how that went down. Um, as like that was around the time when we knew some of us were going to move out here. We thought all of us were going to move out here at the time. And then that was just a dysfunctional band. Honestly, we were all yeah. little poop heads in there and it just didn't end up working out. Somebody wanted to leave and then somebody else was like well i don't want to tour and we're like well we're moving i'm just going to start another band and i guess that just ended up being what needed to happen anyways what made you want to move out to uh colorado make that transition um playing in brews actually we played out here the very first time we came out here there was an avalanche warning and we were stuck in utah <laughs> overnight and i told our friend brian that promotes shows here it's like we, we can't drive through this dude like it's a door split on a Wednesday like I don't know anybody in this place we're like really stressed and he was like okay that's fine like we had already dropped the show and then uh one of my good friends now Connor he just kept messaging me he's like dude I don't think you realize how many people like are actually going to come like you it's going to be so worth it like he just wouldn't stop bugging me and I was like dude fuck it if we wake up tomorrow and it's not scary we'll just we'll truck it through the mountains and try to <laughs> sure. get there and we did. We made it. It was snowing like crazy when we got here. Uh, Connor bought all of us food and we got into the show and there were already people there two hours before doors trying to buy our merch and stuff. Oh, wow. And it literally just packed out through the night. And we felt like we like literally belonged here from the second we got here. Everybody was just talking to us. We met everybody at the same time and made a crap ton of money on a door split. <laughs> and we came here probably three more times actually after that. And finally, I think at the time we were talking about moving to Louisville because we all wanted to get out of Indiana anyways. And somebody was like, hey, you guys just want to move here? And everybody looked, we were like, yeah, let's just do that. And then we just did like a year later. Yeah, it felt like a second home and more receptive to what you're doing and then the van. Exactly. Every, every time we came here, we were proving that like another time, um, just playing at, at different venues and just constantly meeting people that, just really liked what we were doing and it it does become kind of hard when you're in a band that's actually from nowhere like a yeah. place that doesn't necessarily have a scene that's made for the kind of music you are so i think that's also what had a big jump in in mouth of war happening so fast when i got out here but you said everybody didn't want to move out there so yeah those of you that did still want to play music now you have no band and mm -hmm. you just met other people and and started mouth for war yeah, pretty much. Uh, when when Mouth of War first started, there was one extra person that moved out here with me that it just didn't work out. It was our our bassist that we recently replaced for another member of Remain and Sustain, which I've mentioned before. One of their guys is already in our band. So now we got half of them. <laughs> what led to you said you worked on writing a lot of the music. What led to the the sound transition? Because Mouth for War is definitely heavier and, and more aggressive in your face than bruise was 
For sure. I, I think a little bit towards the end of writing Grief Ritual for Bruce, I was working into a little bit of that sound, a little bit more aggressive and not just straight up uh, like metallic yeah. as Bruce was. And um, I I guess I just Bruce breaking up just became that excuse. I had started like half a song writing Bruce stuff. And almost the second that I found out that we weren't going to be a band, I was like, I'm just going to literally take these songs and I'm going to do anything that I want to do with them now because this isn't a band. This is whatever it just happens to be. So I just kind of let all my new influences take control and try to work at the new music without much of a vision. I mean, I definitely had an idea, but it was just like, all right, you can do anything now. So I think that's just, I was, I was mad at the time. And I think uh, probably at that time I was going through some really weird stuff in my life and it just, you could tell it was just a lot angrier than what I was doing before. Gotcha. Gotcha. How'd you guys get hooked up with uh, 1126 Records? That, that's also another kind of funny and random one. It's like the unbeaten situation. I think uh, right around or after when I when we put... Oh, okay, yeah. Right before we put out an ear kept to the ground, uh, our drummer was in the band Frostcoffin for a while, and they've got some, some connections. And Mason met Scott Lee on tour, which is obviously 1126 and had his phone number for pretty much no reason and none of us knew that guy mason met him like once or twice and uh we're good friends with i am they were on the label at the time before they went to e1 so we just heard uh people say good things about him and mason we're just sitting at the table doing our thing he's like i'm gonna send our ep to this dude and see what he says and he sent it to him and he he called him like five minutes later and he's like hey mason what's up let's do it let's go let's let's make let's do a record together and we're like, oh, are you are you serious? Like, we've played like three shows. And he's like, yep, um, I want you to just send me a five-year plan and we'll talk about it. And then hung up and we were just like, okay, let's go. Well, you're releasing Life, Cast, and Glass on May 14th. Talking about this record, uh, you dropped the first single of the video, Manifesting You. Uh, mm. That's a that's a heavy, not just heavy musically, but like lyrically. That's probably one of my favorite things about heavy music is people are like, well, they're just saying rah, rah. And you're just like, mm-hmm. no, the lyrics of this song are just <laughs> heavy. Like, talk to me about that song and, and this record in general. Um. That song specifically is, like you said, it's a very heavy lyrically one, but I could say almost from start to finish that with the record, they almost get darker and worse. <laughs> um, my my sister about a year ago in January was killed in a car accident. And uh, that was around the time that I had started. I was about halfway through instrumentals and I was starting to write lyrics and that was all I could do. It wasn't a choice. That was all I could write about. It's all I wanted to write about. And so I just, I made this entire record for my sister. So I think you can tell in every single song that you can, you can feel my pain. Yeah. In all these yeah. Yeah. 
That's tough. You said you were writing in January. Did uh, COVID affect releasing this album and getting it out? Um, I've thought about that, and in ways it did, and in ways it didn't. Um, <clears throat> it would be great to be releasing this record after a whole year and a half of hitting the road hard like we always would. Yeah. But at the same time, if I wouldn't have been stuck in my house and literally just wanting to die the whole time, I don't think these songs would sound like this. Yeah. So it's kind of a bittersweet you know yeah yeah i mean are you i assume you're looking forward to to getting out there and, and playing these songs live and it's is it like therapeutic for you to like express these feelings in this way um, yes as like absolutely. grief processing and just like outside of just remembrance of your sister but just like to just express this pain every you know, not every night because you're not touring right now but yeah i know truly just just with the the times that we've been able to just practice the songs or we've had uh we did like a live set for our other friend that we also lost during covid we did like a benefit set for him and uh i can definitely say that i can i can feel the power in the songs and i know that i know that when it comes time to play the songs every night it's gonna be really hard and i yeah. and that's gonna be what's gonna make it extremely intense though yeah. So I'm just embracing it. I'm embracing all the hardships and just trying to make the best of it. But it, it absolutely is the only thing that has helped me get through this and as in a therapeutic way. What's your hopes for later this year? I mean, the record's coming out in two months, rough or a month, um, I guess a month now, close to a month now. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's just true. over. Yeah. Damn. Uh, <laughs> what's What's your hopes for this year that you'll be able to get out and tour or? Yeah, we we definitely hope that. I I know that most of the industry is expecting to come back by the fall time, and yeah. I know that our agent and Scott also expect that. And we pretty much told him, man, we we just want to play these songs yeah. for anyone, anywhere. You tell us, and we'll go play there. That's how that's how we've always been. We we know that that's what it takes for anybody to know who you are, and yeah. we will we'll live on the road if that's what it takes when it comes time to get back out there. That's cool. Are you guys planning any sort of like special live stream show for the album release or you're just going to wait um, till you can do it in front of people? I think we might do something like that. We, okay. we, we've talked about it. We did. I think we've done two before. Um, they both went decently, but now that we have some new material to play, we think people will be a little more interested in. We, it's, it's kind of fun to set up a production like that from the studio. So we're probably going to do something like that maybe a few weeks after the record or so. <clears throat> That's cool. That's cool. You're releasing the album on CD and cassette. Was that a label choice? Um, yeah, the, I think the label typically does CDs all the time, but we've just always liked cassettes. They just look cool. I mean, yeah. I don't even feel like most people listen to them unless you have <laughs> one of those people like me with a super old car. But yeah. Um, We've always, um, Bruce always got cassettes for every release. So I was like, we should do this because people always love the tapes. I think um, with how well things are going that we will press some vinyl when when that time actually comes, which I think a lot of people have asked about. The name Mouth for War, is that a Pantera reference? Or? Yeah, 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 that's where it came from. <laughs> Take you. Take on your shape. Wish I could say you'd be the last time I came. 
Thanks for listening to As the Story Grows. Our theme song was written and composed by the legendary Bob Nana. If you like what you hear, subscribe on iTunes and give the show a rating and review. If you'd like to support the show financially, click on the Patreon link at asthestorygrows.com. If you enjoyed this episode, share it on social media with your friends. Much appreciated, and thanks for listening. I never thought-